Welcome to another episode of the Imperfect Parenting Podcast. It's um, always good, well this is for me anyway, it's always good for me to listen to you Rob and to listen to you talk about um, things that you so experienced and have had so much to do with. So as I understand it, we're going we're gonna to carry on with fathering. Tell us a little bit about your research that you've done. Yeah, that's right, Stu, and take it forward. And let me also say, though, that um, I really appreciate your questions and they take me um, into spaces that are good for me to think about as well. So um, uh, always a good thing to talk with you about these these uh, these topics. Stu, yes, um, I want to now, I said last time that we would stay close to Dad's experiences, stay close to, you know, uh, the kinds of of um, issues or challenges that fathers face and with that in mind I wanted to talk a bit this morning about um, a study that I did some years ago um, and really looking at father's experience of disappointment um, and as I say that that word has a kind of a clanging to it it's got a <laughs> it's almost if you like a taboo word um, for parents and one of the things I realized very early on in talking to fathers is that it, it can almost seem wrong to feel disappointed. So I want to talk a little bit, little bit about that, um, that study. Um, for me it was really fascinating. I said last time how I started to understand and, and, uh, and I guess feel for fathers, um, feel for, for, for their, their experiences, their challenges, the heartaches, um, the struggles, and the love, actually, the love underneath it all. And so for me, it was a really, really rich and rewarding study to do and um, stayed in my mind for ages. Um, so I want to talk a bit about that, um, partly because it takes us very close to the things that are close to to fathers' hearts um, for their children. Um, and also, I think what it shows us is just the kind of of internal struggle that goes on as we try to be there for for our kids, try to be good dads, um, try to you know to do what what is right, not hurt our kids. So there are all sorts of things that I think are involved in looking at this maybe quite weird, surprising topic of parental or in this case paternal disappointments. And I want to just this morning talk a little bit about disappointment because as I said it's a, it's a word not often raised in parenting um, it's a word not often mentioned in parenting it's a bit of a taboo word um, and I want to suggest this morning that um, it's a very densely packed word so first of all let's just think about this idea of disappointment and its space or place in family in relationships um, and I think that that's important for us to, to dwell on for a moment. Um, and I'd say probably first up that disappointment is, when you look at the emotion of disappointment, it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, it's got more than one layer to it. Um, so disappointment for the person who says, look, I feel disappointed. They probably wouldn't realize it at first. You know, I think first up would be a kind of a surprise or maybe even a shock. And that's because disappointment fundamentally has to do with expectations, what we expect um, and what isn't met. And so first up, I think 
it's quite a jolt or a jar, you know. It depends, I guess, on how badly off the expectations were. Um, or if you like, how deeply held our expectations are. So the more we cherish those expectations, the more intense our shock would be. Um, and then, of course, there can be anger, frustration, um, irritation. So there's sort of milder forms, I guess, of that kind of anger response. And I think this is important for us as parents. Uh, because disappointment can take us to some ugly places. It can certainly take dads to ugly places. Not getting what we thought we'd get. Um, that can bring out the ugly in us. So that's a reason, I think, for us to be aware of this um, weird emotion that can sometimes surface in a family. And then after that, what do we do? You know, now we're angry, we're upset. Um, you know, what, how do we react? And I think what it can do is it can induce a kind of a withdrawal, a turning away um, from that person who disappointed us. There's a kind of a shutting down, if you like. And so I, I tease out the emotion aspect of disappointment like that. Because again, if you were to ask any of us, you know, um, you ever feel disappointed by your kids, I think we'd be pretty maybe shocked to be asked that our first response would be no ways you know i love my kids <laughs> but i would say hang on a minute just slow down let's just look at the the different emotions that are packed into disappointment because um one of the writers on disappointment says in actual fact it's part and parcel of of, of relationships so it's very much a part of everyday life um, this experience of not getting what we want. So the emotional aspect of disappointment I think is worthwhile for us as parents just to dwell on. And then quickly to say um, that there's also obviously a relational element. And that is that when I'm disappointed, something bad happens in my relationship with the other. Something jarring, something off. And I would say probably as I've listened to children talk that for a lot of kids, whether they know it or not, one of the things they really, really fear is being a disappointment to their parents, being a disappointment to their fathers. They may, may never have said it, but it is this kind of, you know, I, I don't ever want to go there. Um, you know, why, why don't you say this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you stop doing this? I'll say to kids, you know, things that they don't want to do anymore. And then after some realization, uh, underneath it all, they don't want to disappoint their parents. So it's an extraordinarily painful experience for, for children. Um, and I'd say that there's a kind of a, a fear of being a disappointment. So really what we're looking at here is, you know, first of all, what is it that dads expect, whether we know it or not? Um, what does it feel like for us as dads when we don't get what we thought we would get? Um, and the weirdness of that experience, the difficult emotions that need to be contained. And then what happens to the relationship? What do we do next? So this is the kind of territory we're, we're going into, is the expectations we carry, the emotions that come when those expectations aren't always met, and then how we deal with it um, when, when disappointment is in the air or frustration or annoyance or any of those those things underneath disappointment how do we deal with that 
And this is the space that I want us to go into um, as we look at fathers and their kids. Interesting stuff, Rob. And would you could you give me a typical example of like a dad's expectation and then the disappointment that, that comes from that and kind of, or just, just something that, that to, to give me a bit of an idea of, of, of that. I think that's the thing is that it's invisible. So even your question, I think, Stu, shows we don't even realize, you know, um, it's frequency. We don't realize how common it is. And that's, you know, let, let's just first bear in mind that we, we, we have expectations of, of the world. We have expectations of other people. And we definitely, definitely have expectations of our families, um, our spouses, our partners, and our kids. And those expectations, Stu, I mean, look, they can come from the culture around us, this idea of what should be happening, um, you know, uh, what should kids do with schoolwork, what are the rules, what does it mean to be a success, all of those things. And I mean, those are very powerful drivers. If we're a part of a community, that community will have expectations and we breathe those expectations in all the time and they're a part of us. And then we have a kid who's contrary and blow me down, you know, we start to think, okay, my, my child doesn't fit the usual pattern. What do I do? Do I get him to conform or do I, do I start to say, hang on a minute, I've got to parent my son as he is. I've got to help him in, find his way, even though he goes against the grain so much. And then, of course, there are those very deeply held expectations that we ourselves have based on our histories. So someone once said that every child is born twice. And what he meant by that was that even before a child is born, parents have expectations. It's just we don't usually know it. But inside our minds, inside our imagination, there's a story going on. We imagine what kind of mother we're going to be, what mothering is going to be like. And also for us as dads, we imagine what fathering is going to be like. I spoke to a dad not long ago and he tells me, you know, when he heard that he was having a son, he started to immediately imagine the two of them mountain biking in the, uh, in the, in the hills close to where he lives. That was the picture he had. And, and together with that picture, there was a tremendous amount of stuff. There was him imagining just how wonderful it would be, him imagining how close he and, son would, he and his son would be, he, him imagining, you know, the fun of it, him passing on lessons, um, you know. So, so these are very powerful and was sort of the thing that made him excited to be a dad, made him think, I can be a dad. Now, <laughs> good. But then, of course, he may have a son who, who hates mountain biking. That would be an example. And then what do we do with that, you know, because he might already have bought him a bike before the, before the little guy could walk. You know? <laughs> There's this quite expensive bike that he is um, that's waiting for him. So what do we do there? It's that type of space. And I suppose where we're going with that is what we've spoken about many times, is this idea of just becoming aware of, of what is going on as best we can. Would, is, is, that, is that what, what you want to say? Yeah, that's right, Stu. So what I'm saying here is that um, I think parenting, in fact, family life, marriage for sure, we've got to keep on recalibrating, resetting our expectations of one another. It goes to this idea of, you know what, eh? blow me down. This person I'm living with is actually a real living human being with his or her own soul, own spirit, 
own drivers and I, I, my, my task is to love this person. It can mean that I can try to get them to see things my way because I feel like my way is good and right. But it often doesn't, I know that often doesn't happen. <laughs> they may still not agree with me. They may still blow me down, have their own minds, their own ways. And I, <laughs> What on earth are they thinking? <laughs> you know, they just don't see it. They don't see how right we are. <laughs> so, so we have to then recalibrate. Or this is the thing, though, for us as dads, and that's partly why I've asked this question of fathers in particular, is that we can be a hard-headed bunch. We can be a bunch where, should our children deviate from what we expect, we can get fierce. We can get ugly angry. We can become resolute. And definitely, definitely, I've met kids. And they can't say this to me because it's too complex for them. But I can see that they're living lives that aren't their own. I can see that they are doing things that are inauthentic. And the problem for me is that they can build on that platform for a heck of a long time, Stu. I mean, it can go well into their early adulthood and sometimes beyond. You know, the thing is, uh, uh, Stu, from what I can see is that there's, a, there's usually, gosh, kind of a lack of internal cohesion, um, a lack of self-awareness, an emotional awareness that's, that's kind of skin deep, um, a brittleness, their own uh, relationships uh, as young adults uh, are not good, not strong, and there's a kind of an emotional, a psychological brittleness to those young people. And a kind of a, a deeply felt um, dysphoria, unhappiness. I won't call it necessarily a depression, but just a sense of lack of fulfillment, lack of verve or, or spirit or, or joy, quite frankly, Stu, if that makes sense. So those are the kinds of things that are signs for me. And this is the thing is that the child on the face of it can be doing really, really well. You know, shooting the lights out, getting really, really great marks, gone off to an excellent college or university, doing a brilliant course that all the, the in-laws and the, uh, the, the, the relatives will be super impressed by. But you know what? The, the kids say things that for me are signs. I mean, I spoke to a young guy not long ago, and he is now in his final year of a law degree. And he kept on saying through the conversation, I'm not sure I'm meant to be a lawyer, but... But the, it was kind of like a tiny part of him that was speaking, if that makes sense. It was a repressed part of him that was speaking. And it wasn't my place, or it wasn't, and it wasn't the time or space for me to say to him, you know, guy, you're doing the wrong course. I really don't think this is you. But that was my nagging sense in talking with this young man. And I think there are a lot of, a lot of us out there where we look back and we think, wow, my parents shaped so powerfully the choices I made. It can be for the good, but wow, let's watch the space because it isn't always for the good. Maybe I could throw a little spanner in the works as, as we sort of t come towards the end of this one. Um, it's really interesting stuff, Rob. And, and I mean, maybe I don't understand my, my upbringing well enough, but I think one of the things that I... I might not understand this as well as what you're describing because... I would say I had a very, I didn't, I didn't, there was, there were certain things in my upbringing that my parents had expectations of me. There's no doubt about that. But a lot of the traditional things, you know, like academics and sports and all those kind of things, there were, there was very little expectation of me. And I, I appreciated that. 
very much. Looking back, uh, I look back and I, I think I'm really grateful for that. There were other things that, that were high, high expectations of me and still are, and those things I've struggled with, without a doubt. But I suppose what I'm trying to say is, is that in some ways I would have liked a bit more expectation actually <laughs> on, on, on one or two of those, those other things. A little bit more like push and you know, um, a little bit more drive in, in those earlier days. Does that make sense to you? It absolutely does. So I'm taking it, us into territory that's a dilemma. And what I mean by that is not easily settled. There aren't any easy right answers here, but we do really well as fathers and mothers to at least think through the space. Um, you know, I talk to young people. I spoke to a young young lady the other day, and she was saying to me that con in contrast to her brothers who were pushed academically, she wasn't. And, you know, she's now a young adult. She's saying, what was it, because I was a girl? Or here's the kicker. Is it because my folks didn't believe in me? Did they not think that I had what it, what it takes? Is that why they didn't push me academically? So you're absolutely right. I mean, pushing is a part of loving. And I'll, we'll come to that. Because I think as parents, we must push. It's a, it's a kind of a vote of, of confidence, if you like. And also because sometimes our kids need to be pushed. But when? What, is good, what does good pushing look like? We'll, we'll look at that. But Stu, maybe before ending off today, I want to just say again, this is the thing that for all of us, there probably are those, and I think it's a very tender, potentially sad part of us. It, and it's got something to do with feeling like, were I to express this aspect of me, I don't think that my parents would feel the same way about me. I think they would change their minds about me. And that's the catastrophe, the calamity for a child, is the idea, unspoken of course, that their parents won't see them the same way. And that represents a breach to a primary bond. And for many, many kids, it's intolerable. It's very, 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 very difficult for a young, young child to go there. And so we don't. When we're older, we can start to think about that and start to consider, if you like, the risk of expressing parts of ourselves. And again, look, our folks might say, you're wrong. We actually don't find that totally objectionable. But in our minds, we have the belief that were I to express this aspect of myself, I think mum, I think dad would actually not think the same of me again. And that's, I think, for kids, the thing that really, really is so hard to contemplate. Well, I mean, it, it, it resonates completely with me that, um, you know, there's been times, and, and you said it in a previous episode, but there's been times with my kids where um, I can see there's a hesitancy to express a view on something only once it kind of is teased out. Do you suddenly realize, oh, it's because he or she thinks that I I'm, I'm actually don't, don't agree with that view or don't like that view. And, and actually that was never the case. And you said it, like as parents, we're the ones who actually have to keep telling kids what our expectations actually are and what we do think so that they, they do fully know. And I know in, in work environments, we talk about the unwritten rules, you know, the things that people f think are rules because of the way that we go about life and kind of do things. And so then they just assume that this, this must be a rule. Um, and it's really good to actually get those talked about and open so that, that it's clear what are rules and what aren't rules, actually. And um, so I think that's what you're saying. But maybe, maybe Rob, just to end off is to say, 
it just reminds me again of something you've said again and again and that is get to know your kids <laughs> like first start with with getting to know who they are and then move from there just to say though too what i'm also encouraging us as parents to do is get to know ourselves so to do this work it really really requires us to stop and think talk to folk talk to our partners um, get a sense of what's going on inside of us when we feel that kind of hit of you know um, I'm worried about this my child is doing or I'm frustrated or I'm angry so that self-awareness is going to be really really key because again we don't always know until the expectation isn't met we don't even realize it's there thanks Rob good stuff really good stuff